Amen. In Christ alone. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at, thank God for Pastor Matt and Kathy. Amen. In Jesus' name and what they mean to the body of Christ. So good to see you this morning. Amen. Just want to go over. I feel uh, we have a retired pastor here this morning. So, you know, he, he's a bit pastor 54 years, I think, right? 50, 54 years. And I was telling Matt, I'm 55. And so there, there's, there's hope for me. I can still have a smile when I'm done with all of this. We salute you today, sir and ma'am. Amen. Matthew, the 28th chapter. It's real quick, not a long message. I believe it's something I want the Lord would like for me to expound on this morning. I just don't like to get a message, amen, that I made up. I like to seek the face of God to see what he is speaking, amen, to this particular body. Amen. In Jesus' name. We're going to look at Matthew 28 and 20. Matthew 28 and 20. Just, for, just one verse. 28 and 20. I want to take a look at that real quick. I told Matt I love coming here to preach first because when I get over to Lighthouse, I'm all fired up and ready to go. <laughs> Amen. As soon as my feet hit the platform, I can just get up and preach. Amen. I love you guys. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for loving me. Amen. Matthew, the 28th chapter, 20th verse. We know about the Great Commission. It's Amen. But let's look at uh, here, Matthew 28 and 20 says, teaching them to observe some things. Amen. Teaching to observe some things. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you and lo, this is where I want to get my thought from. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. In Jesus' name. Today, I like to consider for a topic, never alone. Amen. As we, and it's okay to say amen. Amen. <laughs> if I lie, don't say anything. <laughs> amen. If I tell the truth, it's all right to say amen. As we look at this particular text, we know that Matthew is the amen. One of the four gospels, we know the four gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen. Matthew, of course, we know Matthew. Matthew is one of the apostles, the 12 apostles. He's the writer of this particular book. We also know him as being called Levi. Matthew was a Jew. Amen. was also a publican. Amen. In Jesus' name. And he, when he was called by Jesus, check this out, he left everything that he was doing because he realized and understood that the assignment that Jesus was calling him to was much greater than what he was doing. This book is primarily written to the Jews, and, and there are approximately 60 references to Jewish prophecies and about 40 quotations from the Old Testament because we realize and understand that the New Testament, amen, the Old Testament is for our learning and the New Testament is for our living. We are a New Testament church, amen, but the Old Testament is for our learning. So what it is, the Old Testament is a setup for the New Testament, as you read throughout the prophetic books and all the books of the Old Testament, it's the Old Testament that talks about to, unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government's going to be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what else? Prince of Peace. So as we uh, 
look at this particular, amen, gospel, one of the key words or the key word in the book of Matthew is fulfilled. Fulfilled, which is, amen, frequently repeated to indicate that the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled in Christ. When Christ, amen, came on the scene, amen, everything that had been prophesied and everything that had been spoken in the Old Testament is now coming to pass. God wraps himself, amen, in flesh, amen, impregnates a, a young lady by the name of Mary, amen, a woman who has never been touched, amen, in Jesus' name. She's engaged to be married to Joseph, and an angel has to go and tell them, look, this is what's going on, amen, and Mary didn't go mess up. She didn't cheat on you because this which is conceived in her has been conceived by the Holy Ghost. God wraps himself up in flesh, amen, comes, amen, to earth, amen. And one of the great things about Jesus' birth is that his birth is not like ours because Jesus is without sin. He is tempted at every point, but yet he comes out with clean hands, and all of us can't say that today. <laughs> amen? But the key word is fulfilled, Amen. And the, the word, amen, fulfilled uh, is repeated over and over. This is Jesus, which has been fulfilled, amen, this birth, amen, this prophetic word, amen, which has been given in the book of Isaiah, and now Jesus is on the scene, amen, in Jesus' name. And in the word of God, as we look out throughout this particular chapter, in the 20th chapter of Matthew, we find here that Jesus, amen, has been crucified, because you got to realize and understand Jesus came with the purpose. Because just like everybody that is sitting in this room here today, amen, all of us have purpose in our life and all of us have been created, amen, to do something. God had a plan in mind for each and every one of us. He has a specific assignment that has been assigned to you in particular. And can anybody do that assignment quite like you can? Jesus was born to die. He knew what his assignment was. And even though he was divine, amen, he was God manifest in the flesh, he's also operating in flesh. He's operating in a human form. That's the reason why come he went through Mary and had to be born. And Mary had to push and go through labor. You know, women can probably attest to all this. Amen. Had to go through all this agony and this pain, amen, to bring forth this child. Jesus... The fleshly part of him did not want to die. I mean, who wants to be spat on? Who wants to be kicked? Who wants to be dogged out? Who wants to be talked about, especially when you have not done anything wrong? And he even went to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed. He said, Lord God, if you allow this cup to pass for me because I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to be bothered with this because this is going to hurt. It's going to cause pain. But if I must do it, amen, in order to save the world, I'm willing to do it because I have to realize and understand I am here for purpose. Amen. And there is something, amen, not only am I the fulfillment of the prophecy from the Old Testament, but also my assignment has to be fulfilled here on earth. So everything that Jesus had taught during his earthly ministry and everything that Jesus had taught, amen, the disciples, 
the apostles, those that followed him, the 12 that he had handpicked and that he had chosen because he realized and understood that the work that he had begun, amen, that work was going to need to continue. And that's the reason why he chose 12 in particular, amen, that he was going to develop, he was going, amen, to mentor, amen, he was going to prepare them because he knew that one day he was going to have to be crucified and he was not, we were not going to know him quite like he is because what's going to happen is the flesh is going to die. Jesus knows this. Amen. That's the reason why I come he was, amen, he was a mentoring, amen, the disciples. He was going about healing people and delivering people and working signs and wonders and miracles. And he said, the same work that I do, you are going to do greater. Amen. He prepares them. He mentors them. He develops them because he understands and realizes he has an enemy that wants to kill him. And he understands and realizes, amen, that in the flesh, nobody lives always. And if I'm going to save, amen, humankind, not in their sin, but from their sin, perfect blood is going to have to be shed, be his purpose was here to be the perfect sacrifice. So Jesus has gone to the cross where we find our text here today. Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already has nail-scarred hands. He already has nail-scarred feet. He's already had a crown of thorns placed on his head. Amen. In Jesus' name. And the Marys go to the tomb, to the sepulcher. Amen. To see if he's there. An angel appears. You know the story. An angel appears, amen, unto Mary and, and, and tells them, you know, he, Jesus, hey, hey, he's risen just like he said he was going to rise. Amen. On the third day. Now run and tell everybody else. Now, I would imagine in my mind, because what happens is a lot of times I know when we experience death, there is a separation. We are human. We develop human connections. Amen. And when somebody dear or near to us passes away, it hurts. And it's painful. I just think, you know, about how my mother passed away in 2006, and I still long for her. I still miss her. And I don't think, I don't know if it's gotten any better, but I've learned how to deal with it better. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Has anybody here ever lost anybody? And you learn how to do it. So I can imagine the disciples, the apostles were dealing with some issues there because, first of all, Jesus is not with them. Check this out. Jesus is no longer with them the way he used to be. The disciples could probably, I'm just, you just, you just screw up with me for a moment. The disciples probably could go over to Jesus' house and hang out and watch, you know, uh, uh, HBO and, you know, just kick it and hang out. You know, I'm not making, you know, you know, Jesus was in the flesh, but, you know, you know, they probably could go eat with them. They could hang out with them. You know, uh, they were on boats with him. They was on ships with him. Amen. If they wanted to shake his hand, they could shake his hand. If they wanted to hug him, if they wanted to kiss him, whatever they wanted to do, he was there. He was tangible. He was available. Amen. And they could touch him and they could deal with him. But now, 
now that Jesus, amen, the flesh has died, amen, and he's going to ascend into heaven, and he's going to send us back to the Holy Ghost, they're no longer going to be able to know Jesus in the way that they knew him. Because the flesh has died, and what's going to happen is the flesh is going to go back to the dust. So now the only thing that they have left, amen, is the memories of what they used to do with Jesus. Remember me and Jesus? Remember we used to go hang out with them? Remember he laid hands on so-and-so and they were recovered? Remember he healed the sick, the blind? Remember when Je- Yeah. So has Christ forsaken us? Things were going very good and going well, and all of a sudden, amen, all this, this change of events has taken place, and now I'm distraught, amen, I'm upset, I don't know what I'm going to do, amen, I feel like he just left me hanging, there was still a lot more I want to learn from him, amen, there were still more dinners that I want to have, amen, there were some more things that I wanted to talk to him about, I didn't get enough time with him, he was only here for 30 years or so, amen, that wasn't long enough, he was too young to die. Can you not imagine what the disciples and the apostles must have went through because of this great life? Because Jesus, even though he was flesh, he was divine. He wasn't just or any old Joe Blow. Hallelujah. Can I be myself? <laughs> he wasn't just any old Joe Blow. So, what are we going to do now? And I imagine they must have went through a little anger because it's like, you know what? Why would you leave us like this? We were just at our prime. Because with the earthly mind, we think, just because somebody is physically with us, that's the only level of experience that we can have. But you got to realize and understand that we are natural beings having a spiritual experience, and we're also spiritual beings having a natural experience. So what's in us is not, I'm not all of what you see. There is more to me and to you than what we can see. We are limited with our physical eyes, what we can behold when it comes to an individual. Only thing we know is that I'm a six-foot, amen, black man with a big head and a big forehead with a gray suit on and so, you know, all that. I embrace my big head. But there is so much more to experience. Jesus leaves them instructions. He tells them, pick up the mantle. It is time for you to go and to teach. It was never, Jesus says, never my intention that I was going to be with you the way you know me 
in the flesh forever. Because nobody in the flesh lives forever. You knew me, Jesus says, you know me in a surface way. You may know my address. You may have known where I lived. And you may have hung out with me. But now, I'm no longer on the scene the way I used to be. Now you're forced to know me in a deeper way. Jesus. You're forced to know me. He says, but you know what? He says, don't get it mixed up. Because in our human minds, we can only think so far. He said, don't get it mixed up. I'm still with you. I'm just with you in a different way. That still doesn't say that we didn't have experiences tangibly and physically. But now this relationship that we're going to have is going to be deeper than it just we went to lunch and we hung out. It's going to be spiritual. So when I get in trouble, and I didn't get a chance to touch this, there are 7,147 promises in the Bible from God to man. As I conclude, 7,100, Kathy, promises. And guess who those promises are for? You and I. He says, this relationship, my God, has to go deeper. And it's not going to get deeper with us just dealing with human natural things. It has to be spiritual. That's the reason why when I get in trouble, I can call on you and I know you're there. I don't need to see you to know that you are real God. I mean, I just need to be able to feel you. Because it's harder to believe in that which you can't see. And it's easier to believe in that which you can see. It doesn't take faith for me to say, amen, I, Matthew is my friend and I enjoy seeing him and I'm looking at you right now. That's easy. <laughs> he says, go out. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things. Amen. In Jesus' name. Whatsoever I have commanded you, teach them what I taught you. Amen. I've put something in you, Jesus said. And only, what I want you to do, amen, is become a Christian in the true sense of the word. And I want you to go out here and be like me and do what I did. He says, I'm with you. It's just deeper than it used to be. It's kind of like how it is with marriage. The longer you're married to your spouse, the better your relationship should be. 
because it's not just a physical. When you're in your 20s, hey, it's very physical. <laughs> and sometimes you base your relationship off of how vibrant you are physically. Oh, we used to hike. We used to climb mountains. And we used to do the go bike riding. And oh, my gosh, all the wonderful experiences that we had. But then when you get in your 70s, I'm told, Even if we're not going hiking, and if we're not doing a bunch of physical things, I love, my love is deeper for you than it's ever been before. And it's not based on things. It's not based on things. I just want to encourage you, Sid, let you know. Amen. That we are not walking alone. You, you, we, I know when you go through tough trials, and all of us feel this way, even though 50 million people have been through what you're going through, amen, when you go through it, it's different because you feel like, I just want to ball up in the corner. I just want to throw my hands up. Knox has been in the hospital I don't know how many times. You know, I'm so sick of driving to Indianapolis. I'm sick of looking at Riley Hospital. I'm just sick of all these tubes. I'm sick of all this stuff. This is just getting hard on me. God, do you even hear my prayer? I've been praying a million times. The church been praying. The, the big head pastor across town been praying. Everybody been praying, praying, been praying. And, 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 and I'm just going through the same old thing, and I just feel like even though there's 100,000 other kids in that hospital, but that's your child, amen, in Jesus' name. And, and God, did you leave us like this? He says, no, Sadie. He says, I'm there. Can't you feel me? Because if he wasn't there, you would have lost your mind by now. <laughs> If he wasn't there, you would have thrown your hands up. If he wasn't there, amen, and even though you can be crying, amen, in the midst of a tough situation, and all of us have our tough situations, amen, in this room, but you have got to remember that regardless of what you go through, you're not able to get through a surgery, amen, the fourth or fifth or tenth, I don't know how many you've had now, amen, you're not able to get through any of it unless the Lord was in that room with you. Jesus promised them, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. That's a promise. That's a promise. I'm not going to leave you alone. You might be lonely but you're not alone because you can have a house full of people and feel all alone. Let me finish this. I got to go. He says, we are not walking alone. I didn't get tense to preach this the way I wanted to. He says, we are not walking alone. We have the Lord that walks with us along life's journey. When we fall backwards, he's there. If we fall forward, he's there. If we fall sideways, he there, he's there. We are never alone because Christ walks with us. 
He's there. He's there. He's there at your lowest point. He's not just there at your birthday celebrations. He's there at your lowest point, too. And everything in between. Is there anybody in this room today, as I conclude, that can say you've been through some hard things in your life, but you know that it was Christ that brought you out? Let me see your hand. And maybe we got some folks with some experience in here. So hold on. Don't give up. Keep on coming to church. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. And keep on believing. Because Christ said, I am with you always. Even until the end of the world. One translation says, in the, to the end of the age. Until the end of the day. You, I don't know. And he's with you all the way. He'll never leave you. Nor will he forsake you. He is with you always. So hold your head up, square your shoulders, and tell yourself, I can make it through this journey. I can make it. I can't make it in and of myself, but I can make it because Christ is with me. Let's clap our hands and give God. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God more praise. Aren't you glad he's with us? Aren't you glad that he's with us? Aren't you glad that he never leaves us? Come on, clap your hands and give God more praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's receive our very fine pastor. Amen. Pastor Matt Nussbaum, Dr. Matt Nussbaum. Let's receive him by saying praise the Lord.